0: Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey.
1: Here, let's dive in to Hebrews chapter 13. If you have your notes, you can follow along with me right here. Hebrews Chapter 13 verses 15 is where we're going to pick up our text right there. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice, praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. If you look in the New Testament, there's three primary dimensions, so to, uh, sort of to say, of this. Continual sacrifice of praise. We call this the IOU of worship. Uh, it's inward, it's outward, it's upward. This expression, and that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. Entering into patterns of praise and the benefits for that In our faith journey. So uh, let me just start by asking you a question. How many of you in this room would say that you have musical ability? Okay, there's like four or five hands. How many of you in this room would say you do not have musical ability? Okay, welcome to the club. Yeah. You're considered people who have some praising problems. I'm one of them. Let me illustrate it this way. I'm going to invite my better half out with me. Her name is Brittany. Uh, come on out now. Yeah, let's give it up for Brittany. Uh, so typically, Pastor Steph, he said, "Hey, uh, Blake, if you decide to touch the keys, like I'm only allowed to maybe touch three notes right here, three keys." I have not so much musical ability. In fact, this is really what I got right here. Okay, he told me to space my fingers and. Oh man, we're not on. I Don't know what happened. See that's like par for the course. Oh, here we go. Am I getting anything? Nope. Oh What You're hearing it right so that's all I got Wow Easy crowd <laughs> like woo. All right, I guess that's not bad. All right, this is what I got for my vocals. Okay, you're nervous, me too. Trust me, especially when it wasn't fire and I was whoo, all right. This is my vocal ability. Jesus loves little children, all the children of the world. Come on, I'm in the crowd. That's all I got, I even forgot. All right, now we'll give her a shot. Jesus loves a little children. Come on now. Let's put that together. Jesus loves a little children. Oh all right, that's all I got.
0: We <laughs>
1: pray. praise all right good job thanks thanks my beautiful bride now here's the thing with that obviously there's one of us up here that has talent right obviously there's one of us up here that does not have talent and when it comes to this area of praise this area of praise we can have some praise and problems And this is what I mean by that, praise is one of our most powerful weapons, but it's also one of our most unused weapons, overlooked weapons, in our arsenal as Jesus followers. See, we can look at our praises problem saying, hey, you know what, I can't sing, so what happens is I don't sing. We can say, hey, I can't really keep beat. Like, if you noticed me, I'm like, Jeez, uh, like, I struggle with the beat. And you know what I'm talking about? When, you, when we're clapping and you're standing next to that person and they're that, on that offbeat and you look over and you're like, can you clap, buddy? You know, you're messing up my encounter right here. And we can have some of those moments where our praise and problems highlight our insecurities. We'd say, hey, I'm not talented musically, so I'm not going to maybe enter in into this moment of praise. See, praise we directly link throughout Scripture to music. Pastor Steph, you mentioned earlier how when when, when people were caught on, when the army would go into battle, the musicians would oftentimes lead the way. Praise is powerful. But sometimes our praise and problems come to some certain areas where it, it, it strikes up preferences for us. They don't sing the song I like, so I'm going to be a little critical. Or maybe the, the songs were good back in the day, and if only they were as good as back in the day, then, then we'd really have some praise and worship. So I think we've got to be very careful when it comes to this area of praise in our lives. See, praise is something between us and God. Praise is between—it's uh, it, it, it's this powerful weapon that we have. And today, this is what we're going to be talking about, the power of praise for each and every one of us. So we're going to continue. and We're going to look at Psalms chapter 149. Now, there are 150 psalms. They're collected after, sometime after the exile of Babylon of God's people— there's 73 are made by the or are, are composed, written. They're full of poets or poems and and, and uh, uh, prayers and, and songs. 73 were written and composed by King David. Even Moses and Solomon are uh, contributors to the, the Book of Psalms. There's a lot that are anonymous in the book of Psalms. Maybe you're trying to wonder, what is the book of Psalms? It's this collection. It's this works of of beautiful language artistically put together. And so we're going to look in in chapter 149, this, this psalm of praise. In fact, we don't really know who the author is, but there's five psalms of praise that conclude the book of Psalms. That's 145, 146, 147, 148, 149, 150. And so when you look at these Psalms, they end, and Pastor Goss just got up here, and he said, Let's say, Alleluia. It's this command the psalmist write in these five closing chapters of the book command to praise the Lord. It's not an option for us to not praise the Lord or, or not sing songs to worship, but we're encouraged to. It's a command for God's people. So join me in ch- following along, and, and let me just highlight on the issue real quick. See, and here's the thing when it comes to the issue. A praising problem raises our insecurities, and insecurities make us leave praising to the professionals. We have to be very careful with that. We have to be very careful with that. So here we go. Psalms 149, verses 1 through 5 says this. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful, the church. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your king. Praise his name with dancing. Come on. Praise his name accompanied by a tambourine and harp. I don't know if you come from a church that has that tambourine, but we prefer to leave the musicians with those kind of oversight of the instruments. For the Lord delights in his people, he crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let's praise the Lord. And that takes us to today's big idea, and it's very simple. It's this, our praise is a powerful weapon. I've said it numerous times today, our praise is a powerful weapon. We get this term, praise, from the Latin word meaning value or price. So whenever we say we're praising the Lord, we're showing honor. We're saying, God, you are valuable in our life. And, And I think we ought to be specifically clear, men... I know as true, I can relate, I am not a singer. The greatest worship leader ever recorded in history is King David. He led armies, he battled, he was a man after God's own heart, and most importantly, he praised the Lord. So maybe you might be wrestling there like, I can't sing, I'm not going to sing. I want to encourage you, stretch yourself in this area. The Apostle Paul, he continues on in Colossians, and he says this in 3.15-16, he says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Here we go. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. With thankfulness, in your hearts to God. See, it's not just Psalms, it's not just uh, songs back in the day, but it's spiritual songs, anything that, that glorifies God. Music is always evolving. From the Beach Boys all the way to some modern day elevation worship, whatever the case might be, music is always evolving. So here we go, let me give you four reasons why we need to praise God today. We praise to reflect on our purpose. We praise to reflect on our purpose. The psalmist in his first five verses, he he highlights that we need to be people of praise. And then he gives the the why praise. And if you look very closely here at Psalms 149 verse 6, it says, let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hand. It's this idea of sequence. The very first thing we are to do is be people of praise. I think sometimes we get this mixed up a little bit. We are designed to first and foremost here on this earth to be people who worship God. I I, I have some conversations with individuals and what I see a little bit of confusion, specifically in the church realm, is we think that heaven is our purpose. See, heaven is a blessing that comes from our worship of God. See, first it's our relationship with God, but then we have this blessing that we get to spend eternity with him because we worship him. And I think sometimes we get that mixed up. When, whenever we make the, the destiny the purpose of our lives, we start to kind of evaluate things from a legalistic. What do I have to do to get in? What guidelines do I have to follow? Do I do this? Do I not do this? Verse saying, hey, I want an encounter. I want a relationship with the Lord. I want to praise him. See, when we sing, our, our words are, are focusing, are pointing us, our mind, our, our, our capabilities, our whole being is saying, I am going to uh, channel that and focus on God. I'm going to love my God. I'm going to glorify my God. I'm going to shout my God. And see, it's this idea that we express ourselves. It puts us back in this focus of, I'm going to praise my God. And that's what the sequence is saying, the psalmist in in, in, in verse 6, saying, first, let's be people that praise the Lord. Before you can have any intellect, before you can know, understand our position is to praise God. Look what happens in Matthew chapter 4 and, uh, of Jesus' response. He's being tempted for 40 days, 40 nights. Satan is at his heels trying to get him to stumble, trying to get him to make a mistake. And then this is what Jesus' response, and he quotes the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. He says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. See, that's the idea. Jesus was a worshiper. Jesus praised God. We see this time and time again. Now, I think we always have to come back to why we do what we do. We enter into here. We, we gather in this place. We're a church. And why are we a church? To first and foremost praise and worship God. The psalmist got that. The psalmist understood that. The psalmist encouraged us to do that. Our whole purpose is to be centered around the worship of God, not the eternal blessing. That's a reward we get. And then we look at it here when we say this, we we praise and our hearts get aligned, our our souls get aligned, and our mind gets aligned. Our praise gives us understanding of our purpose. Uh, Think of the closest relationships that you have. do you express your love and genuine care for those people around you, right? If you hung out with them or if maybe you're married and you never said anything to them audibly, verbally, it would be kind of a unique situation, right? Your wife would be like, hey, uh, we're living together. How do you feel about me? See, whenever we come to this moment where we have to verbally articulate ourselves and say, hey, I'm focused. I'm, I'm saying these words. By saying these words, I'm thinking these words. I'm hearing these words. I'm putting effort into these words. I'm now praising my Lord. And it's a discipline because it can be challenging. We highlighted a lot of us have insecurities when it comes to this particular area of worship when it comes to praise. But I don't know about you, have you ever had a moment in your life when something's gone bad, maybe throughout the week, and you don't want to go to church on Sunday? You want to rest, you want to relax, you want to say, hey, I think I know what I need to put my soul at ease. But for whatever the reason is, whatever the case might be, you show up to church on that Sunday. But then you leave that church service, lifted up, feeling better, knowing that God's in control. See, when we praise, it focuses and gives us our purpose. It reorients us. It brings value. It, it aligns us with why we do what we do. Number two for us this morning is this we praise to give God our fight. We praise to give God our fight. Man, life throws some problems at us, there's some struggles obstacles moments where we just want to get it in throw in the towel and be done with it all but when we praise we're giving God our fight I asked Pastor Steph and the team I said hey let's focus a little bit and there's some of those lyrics saying God you're gonna fight God this is how we fight God we're gonna praise you and you're gonna go before us the psalmist continues in verse 7 and says this to execute vengeance On the nations. That's pretty like stern language right there. God, we praise you, we're worshiping you, we're calling on your name to execute vengeance. And then continues in punishment on the peoples. Now, there's two types of people, physical humanity, right here that the psalmist is addressing. The first one, when it says, on the nations. The psalmist, there's been conflict within nations. You read out through Leviticus, uh, it's full of rules, regulations, and, and, and a bunch of different laws. And one would ask, why would God do that to his people? Well, the Israelites, they were encountering such a, a, a resistance that they needed to be set apart. So they're coming to this land that was full of debauchery, that was full of uh, all sorts of different hang-ups and messiness. And God looked at his people and he says, you don't need to worry about that. You just praise me and I'll handle the rest. To execute vengeance and this idea of on the heathen. Some of us, we've gone through some areas or maybe you struggle with a boss or you have someone that is far from God in your life that can speak in your life that maybe is controlling aspects of your life and you don't want to you don't know what to do. You're like God, I am going through this right now. I want to encourage you to praise. I want to encourage you to say, hey, I need to praise right now. I need to give God my, my, my vengeance. I need to give God everything because if I don't do that, then that, pr- that problem is going to be bigger because when we try to handle our problems, some things can be very challenging for each and every one of us. Verse saying, hey, let me start with praising my Lord. But then he also kind of switches gear and the other component of that when he says punishment on the people. If you look in the original text, it's talking about other followers of God. Now, I know we're a pretty awesome church. I love it. And we never have any problems with one another, right? Like, no issues, right? Sometimes we can come into this moment where you're like, God, why don't you show that person what's up? Or God, if you don't, I'm going to step up and show them what's up. I want to encourage you, whenever you're in one of these moments of conflict or you're wrestling that in your heart, are you coming back to this moment of, hey God, I'm going to praise you and let you handle that situation? God, I'm going to praise you and say you're the one that's going to lead out in that moment. Jesus speaks into it, what happens when there's some conflict, but I would also say even before that, we need to praise the Lord. Romans 12 19 this is what Paul says he says, beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord I want us to be very careful when it comes to this idea of settling the score I was moved by the This story that I came across in the voice of martyrs when it comes to extreme devotion. Russian Captain Marco asked the boy, what is it? As the boy stood meekly in front of him, the boy, only 12, swallowed his fear as he stood before the communist officer. Captain, you are the man who put away my parents in prison. Today is my mother's birthday, and I always buy her a flower for her birthday. Since my mother taught me to love my enemies and to reward evil with good, I have brought the flower instead for the mother of your children. Please take it home to your wife tonight and tell her about my love and the love of Christ. Captain Marco, who watched unmoved as Christians had been unmercifully beaten and tortured, was stunned at the act and love of this boy. His tears fell as he slowly walked around the desk and grabbed the boy in a fatherly embrace. Marco's heart was changed by the gift of Christ's love. He could no longer arrest or torture Christians and soon he found himself arrested. Only months after the boy's visit to his office, Marco slumped in a filthy prison cell surrounded by some of the same Christians he had previously arrested and tortured. He tearfully told his cellmates of the young boy and simple gift. He considered it an honor to share a cell with those he previously arrested and tortured. That little boy gave God the problem, gave God the fight, changed a life. Luke six thirty five says this, and Jesus quotes says, love your enemies, do good to them, lead, lend it to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. You will, you will truly be acting as children of the most high, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked." Personally, I don't know if you can relate or expect there's been moments when people have shared opinions to me about me that has hurt me. I can, can anybody relate with that? Someone maybe said something not not too kind. I I have this phrase in my life, I call it BBC. BBC. Blake before Christ so i go in this moment this bbc kind of mind and i'm like oh opinion is shared to me or something is hurting something really got to me and it, it could have been overlapped from something else but for whatever reason that comment really hurt and i want to go bbc i want to write that list i want to get mad i want to share my thoughts my opinions and then it's like blake is that of god Blake, would you model your life like this little boy whose parents were in prison? Blake, are you honoring God by giving everything that's going on in your life over to God? Are you praising him? Are you expecting him to show up in your life and handle the situation? Or Blake, are you trying to carry on your own problems and handle it all for yourself? Church, when we praise, we're giving God our fight. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, no matter what you experience, I want to encourage you, lean into these moments when we say, God, we stand before you. God, we trust you. God, I'm going to give you every situation from the best to the worst and everything in between. We praise you, Lord. We have to constantly say to ourselves this phrase, we choose praises over payback. The world looks at things. Let's fight fire for fire. God says, let's fight fire with praise. And we're in this day and age, man, where people are like, hey, you know what? They said this, you can do that. I'm saying what scripture says here in the Psalms is when something comes against us, our God goes before us. Verse, or or next one, we praise. Three for this, we praise to see strongholds broken. We praise to see strongholds broken. Now, in the previous verse, we see some relationships of people on this world, and then the psalmist points back to the spiritual forces. Psalms 149 verses 8 through 9 says, to bind their kings and shackles, this is Satan and the dominions that have followed him and their leaders with iron chains, chains, See, it's important to remember, whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. Whatever God intended to be good, Satan makes for bad. Psalmist continues in verse 9: to execute judgment written against him. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. The Apostle Paul continues when he's talking about the armor of God in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over the present darkness, against their spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. See, Paul then talks about putting on the armor. When we praise, we're saying, Satan, get back. We're saying, strongholds, be broken. When we praise, we're coming against addiction, we're coming against uh, depression, anxiety. We're putting that all into focus and saying, whatever is looming mentally, whatever is opposed and oppressed on someone, When we praise, we're entering into this moment and this time where we're saying, God, we're giving it all to you. You can break it through. You can break it down. You can strip it, wipe it away because, God, we know who you are. For that, we will praise you. Some of the greatest things that we miss out on is whenever we're not engaging in what the psalmist is encouraging us to do. That's praising and singing songs. Church, we look and we pray and we hope and we I I see days in the future and days to come and we're a church of worshipers, church praising, and some of us, man, we're doing great, some of us are doing amazing things, some of us are in a journey, and let's just continue to help one another, encourage one another to be people of praise. Because when we're in those moments of praising, the strongholds start to be broken where things that we don't even see are starting to be ripped away. Um, There's this startling stat uh, that's kind of been creeping up and we've seen it through COVID. I hope it's on the screen behind me, but uh, past 10 years from about 2010 to about 2019, the unchurched dropout rate of people between the ages of 18 and 29 was, I believe, 59%. Now, it's about 64%. With COVID, they're estimating that people are, that each church has lost roughly one-third. Now, it's creeped up to 66%. So let's put it this way so we can maybe have a a tangible feel of that. If, If you have a child in the room between the ages of and and they grow up and you do everything you can and there there we go. You can kind of see it there. They grow up. By the time they turn eighteen, there's a greater chance if we overlay this on, on our lives, greater chance that they walk away from the Lord, that they continue to serve the Lord. That's startling when you come to those kind of stats. If you have, let's say you have two children, greater chance for one to walk away and and one to stay. If you have three children, that's two probably, maybe go away and one stay. And as a church, when you see some of these strongholds and you see this grip in America, it breaks hearts. As people who follow jesus and declare him to be the leader of our lives and we see these kind of stats and this is from barna research group that there are some serious things that we have to address that we have to look at in a way we can do it fathers mothers grandparents aunts uncles when we're praising in this moment god we need to praise this stronghold and break it away break it push it back one way we do that is when Our children see us and they look at us and man, my dad's raising his hand. Why is my dad raising his hand? My dad's singing. Why is my dad singing? He can't sing at home. See mom over there and maybe mom's contemplating because spirit's moving and and just sitting there and and what's hooking in that child's life? So I think we have to be very careful when it comes to some of these areas. If we're not expressing ourselves, praising our Lord, our leader, then we can mix it in and leave some very confusing messages for our children. Like when that number keeps going up, I believe that our God is still going to work and we can get that number back down, that our children aren't going to be part of the dropout rate here at Faith. But we're going to start making that number go up for the Lord. Like that's why we exist. We praise to push back those setbacks. And number four for us today is this, when it comes to why we praise, is this. We praise to unite God's church. The band's going to come back, and I want to close starting I want to close where we started. Psalms 149 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord, sing the Lord a new song, sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. I, I know a lot of us have different church backgrounds, but if you've ever wondered why we're called Faith Assembly, this verse brings some clarity there to us. We're a group of faithful believers that assemble together at the church to praise the Lord. And the psalmist kicks off and he says, come together, he says, sing a new song. That each day that you're gonna be faced with a problem, you're gonna be faced with some obstacles, but each day you can sing a new song. That you can say, God, you take this moment right now from me, God, I'm gonna let you lead in my life. And it unites the church family man I, I sit down here with some of our team and I get encouraged when I look over and I see pastor Chris sit, sitting and and singing next to me I get encouraged when I look back and I see hands raised and and people singing because I know I'm not alone I'm not I'm, I'm not the the one guy that is man I, I'm maybe a little insecure with some of my, my vocal cords, But no, it's like other people, we're engaging, we're expressing, we're saying, hey God, we have a purpose and that's to worship you. Hey God, I got a fight that I need you to take care of, that's for you. Hey God, right now, right now, the strongholds that are plighting my family, I'm gonna give that to you. And see, some of us in this place, we need each other a lot more than we even know. Life is challenging outside these doors. Man, the church right now, I mean, you see it all over, all over. One place we should leave here encouraged saying, hey, there's other people that sing just as bad as me that maybe are a little bit more questionable about, hey, what do I do? Do I hold the TV? Do I give the field goal post? Like, what do I do in this time? But church, we come together to say, hey, we're encouraging We're a loud voice in our community. We're going to see change in our lives. And we're going to praise the Lord. And we're going to usher that through.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.